My name is Kim File, and I am so honored to have the privilege to get to be with you this morning, to dive into God's Word together, um, and really hopefully at the end have a time for us to be vulnerable and reflect um, moving forward together. So, um, we are going to continue on in our origin series this morning, and the topic is when life feels unmanageable. And I don't know about you, if I can get an amen. <laughs> For this past year and a half, I feel like there could not be a better word to describe what this life has felt like. Um, and even in these last couple weeks with turmoil and chaos in the world, life has felt unmanageable. Um, and our natural response as humans when life feels unmanageable is to try to control that's so natural, and I feel like in our day and age, in our culture, it's so easy to do that. There's literally an app to do that for everything. When life feels out of control, we download something else to help organize our life. We seek things in our life to help organize and feel like we can have control. It's a super natural response. And it's become so natural that I feel like sometimes we miss out on the simple ways to let go and allow God to control and manage our own life. So this brings us to our passage today. We're going to be in 1 Samuel. So if you guys have your Bibles, um, you can turn with me there. I'm going to get my paper notes ready. Ryan always gives me a hard time about my paper notes. Um, so we'll be in 1 Samuel, and if you're not familiar with your Bible, 1 Samuel is in the Old Testament, towards the beginning of the Bible, and we're in 1 Samuel 8 today. And we're going to look up at the Israelites and see how did they try to manage their lives when their lives felt like it was out of control. What did, how was their response? So 1 Samuel 8, um, and we're going to start in verse 6. So just to give you a heads up, where this is taking us is for the Israelites, they have felt at this point that life was like hard. It was filled with pain. It was filled with suffering. And they were tired. And at this point, God was acting as their king of the Israelite nation. And Samuel was kind of the mediator between the people and God. And they were tired. They were like, this is not working for us. Look at all these other nations. They have physical kings, and life seems like it's going better for them than it is for us. And so they go to Samuel and say, give us a physical king. This is where we pick up in verse 6. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them. But warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. So the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, the people are ultimately choosing to reject me because they want to control and manage their life. But Samuel, let them know that when they choose a physical king, that is not going to be easy for them. 
And so God goes on to um, explain what life is going to look like for the Israelites. It's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. It's going to be hard. And so Samuel communicates this to the people, the Israelites, and says, yes, you can have a king, but how, this is how it's going to look. And the people were basically like, that sounds good. We're going we're to be okay with that. All that pain and suffering, sign us up. And so we pick up in verse 19. But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and go out before us and fight our battles. And so you have to understand where the Israelites are coming from. Up until this point, their life has been marked by constant war. They were wandering the desert aimlessly, what it seemed like, in a loop for 40 years. There was pain, there was suffering, and they wanted a physical king. And I don't know how much of you um, all can relate to this, but when I read this passage, I almost have to like laugh a little because honestly, if I'm honest with my heart, and if I was there during the Israelites, I would be the one leading that committee. I'd be one like gathering the people in Israel. I'd be like, guys, like this isn't working out so much for us. Like, let's get someone who can actually lead us. Because I love the physical. I love the tangible. I love to see. I love to control. And having a God who is unseen and having him lead us, I would not be okay with that. In my heart of hearts. I wish I could be like, trust the Lord. It's all good. But I know I would be one leading that committee. And some of you here, your personality type, you might be like, I could be the king. You're like, like, you know, if you want to sign me up, I could do a good job. I'm good at spreadsheets. I can do, you know, a couple things. So depending on where you're at, and some of you would be like, I trust the Lord. And really, that's who we need to remind us in this. So if you feel like that, if you're like, I would have been okay with the unseen God, let us know who you are so we can learn from you. But depending on our personalities, um, we can see ourselves trying to manage the situation in different ways. So as I look back on my own life, I have one example where I felt like um, I really tried to manage and control my own life. So about eight years ago, my husband and I had an awesome opportunity to move into the Lowell neighborhood. If you guys aren't familiar with Lowell, it's about two miles down the road toward downtown neighborhood, and it's such an amazing community. I know some of you guys live in Lowell. Um, you can attest how amazing it is. Um, so it's also marked um, by extreme poverty and crime. And so when we first heard this opportunity, I wish I could say my first response was to go before the Lord and pray that he would go before us, that he would prepare the way for us, that he would get ready my heart, he would um, prepare opportunities to meet neighbors. Yet, what I found myself doing was going home to Google home security systems. And how tall can I build my fence in the backyard so I feel safe? My first response when I was brought with something hard was how can I manage and control this situation so I feel safe? And I want to make clear those things aren't bad. We have a ring on our house. 
But what is our first response when God presents something hard, something challenging? Is it for us to go before the Lord and say, Lord, I give this to you. I pray that your will be done, not my own. Or is our first response to try to control it and manage it so we feel better about the situation? Um, in, the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New, it is covered with verses about trusting the Lord. All throughout the Old and New Testament, we see again and again these verses that tell us, trust the Lord with your heart. And in the New Testament, um, we see the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, talking about not worrying. Um, if you guys want to turn with me there, we're going to be in Matthew 6. So Matthew is in the New Testament of the Bible. Matthew 6, 25. Um, and I don't know about in your Bible, but mine, the header to this section just says, do not worry. And I love that so much. It's so clear, straightforward. Jesus reminding us again and again, do not worry, I got you. All right, verse 25. We're just going to read 25 and 27. Therefore, I will tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And so it goes on to give more examples of how God takes care of the lilies of the field and the grasses of the field. And what I love so much about these examples, all three of these examples are very um, clear images of small and delicate things. You think of the birds of the air, how small they are. You think of the lilies of the field and how too much heat they would wither, too much drought they would die, and the grasses of the fields. Yet God cares about them and God takes care of them. And how much more his children whom he created from nothing that he loves with all of his heart, how much more does he take care of us? He has got us. And so as we think about trying to manage our own life, ultimately what that brings is a false sense of peace. And when we let God control our lives, um, I think what also happens is we get to see our faith grow tremendously. Like I think back to the Israelites, if they decided, you know what, we are going to trust the Lord and ultimately, it's not what we want, but we know that God has got us and he loves us dearly. We are going to let him be the king of our life. Like, what could that have done for their faith? What would their communities look like? What would their family units look like if they chose to let God manage what was going on? 
And so I don't want us to get caught up in this idea that this is what we should do because we're Christians. This is not a should or something to add to our to-do list. But this is an opportunity for us to see our faith grow tremendously. Because we all know, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, following Jesus, following God does not equal an easy life. Like we still will go through trials and our natural response will probably still be to try to manage them. But what if we first surrendered to the Lord and said, I know you got me. I want to lay down my control to you. What would that happen to our faith? What would that happen in our communities if we did that? So how does this apply to our own life? I feel like the example of the Israelites can be so extreme and can almost feel unrelatable because they physically, with their mouths, verbally said, I reject God and I want a physical king. There's not many times in our life I would imagine that we physically reject God with our words. I mean, there could be times when things are so hard and you're going through such a painful season, you might not even want anything to do with God because you can't understand how God can still be there. But it's very rare. But I think what happens in our life are these little moments that we choose to control instead of let God control. And so when big decisions happen, when big life happens, our first response is to go to ourselves. So what we're going to do this morning together as a church um, is we're going to play a song, and then I'm going to allow you guys to process what are the kings in your life? What are the things in your life? And it could be things, it could be people that you are trying to manage right now and not releasing control of. What are the things in your life? Um, And... It could be anything from finances, your job, health. It could be um, family. It could be um, friendships. It could be kids. It could be so many things that you are holding tight and not surrendering to the Lord. And all of us, I'm sure, have that. But if you finish early, I allow you just to kind of sit and listen to the song This song lately has been ministering to my heart so much lately. Um, And the kind of basis of it is just this idea that, um, like, when you don't think there's a way, God knows there's a way. He will make a way for us. He will make a path for us, even when it doesn't seem possible. So we're just going to take a moment. um, And so you can take a note on your phone or if you have actual physical paper and a pen, take a note, but process what are the things in your life, the kings in your life that you're not able to surrender. If we could play this song, and then we'll kind of gather back up in just a few minutes. See a way out. 
makes no sense, but you say that's what faith is for. When I see a flood, you see, I promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make go. I hope you had a, just a time to kind of process, um, and I hope that that continues through this week. I mean, this is a lifelong journey. It's not like we do this one time today and, you know, for the rest of our life, we're just going to completely surrender to the Lord. This is literally something we have to work against our flesh to let go, but just to encourage you to remember that as a child of God, He loves you desperately. And his ways are so much better than ours that we can't even fathom. He has got you. Um, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to head into a time of, um, of ministry. And the worship team will come back up here. And um, you'll have an opportunity if you desire to get prayed over. We have some people on prayer team. And if there has been something just stirring in your heart this past week that you feel like, 
you need prayer for, um, please use the people. They are here to pray and encourage, encourage you. So let me pray for us, and then we'll head into a time of ministry. Oh, Lord, um, we are so grateful to be able to gather today. I just feel like, um, Lord, what an honor and privilege it is as there's so many around the world that are not able to gather in your name, we thank you that we can. Lord, we pray that as we go this week, you would continue to reveal to us, Lord, the kings in our life, the things in our life that we need to surrender control to you. Lord, that I pray that when we feel like life is unmanageable, we would remember, Lord, you are in control, and you are with us, and you guide us. We love you so much, Lord, in your precious name. Amen.